Welcome to this green church. We're a Christian community on a mission to raise saviors, believers that are righteous and supernatural, to succeed, lead, and have transformational societal impact. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. and Wednesday at 6 p.m. to be a part of this amazing service. Be blessed as you listen. Super sufficiency. I want to show us from scripture that God wants us to do everything within godly values to get ahead financially. I want to show that God wants you to massively grow your income and that God is making grace available for it. Yeah. I want to see us, you know, set goals and plans to go from example from 1M to 3M monthly income. All right, that's an example. I want you to understand that to multiply your income is an act of righteousness, an act of righteousness. I want you to understand that to multiply your income is an act of righteousness. Let me say it again. I want to help you to understand that to multiply your income is an act of righteousness. I will show you that God's will for you is super sufficiency. That it's not God's will for you to sit with little, but to rise and to have an abundance within godly values. So, we will start by defining super sufficiency from 2 Corinthians 9. Let's go there. 2 Corinthians 9. 2 Corinthians 9. We should do the NKJV because I want to pick out some words. Are we ready? 2 Corinthians 9 from verse 1. We are reading from 1 to, we are reading so let's, let's make it fast. We'll do it together. From 1 to 15. Alright? 1 to go. Now, concerning the ministry to the saints, it is superfluous for me to write to you. For I know your willingness, about which I boast of you to the Macedonians, that Achaia was ready a year ago, and your zeal has stirred up the majority. Yet I have sent brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this respect. That, as I said, you may be ready, lest if some Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, we, not to mention you, should be ashamed of this confident boasting. Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time and prepare your generous gift beforehand which you had previously promised that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as grudging obligation. Verse 6, but I say, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Verse 7, so let each one give as he proposes in his heart, not grudgingly of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. 
verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Verse 8 again, verse 8 again. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Let's, let's do NIV, just for that verse, NIV verse 8. All right? And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that what? In all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. NKJV again. So we see that this is an act of the grace of God. So, for it to be an act of grace, an act of the will of God, meaning that God wants this. God only gives grace for the things he wants. Amen. So, to have an abundance, to live well, to have all sufficiency, all right? To be able to live well and to abound in, it says to have an abundance for every good work. So, meaning that it is the will of God for his children, right, to have all sufficiency, all right, so much so they can live well and they can abound for every good work, meaning that to have so much and be able to give so much is the will of God, and that, if anybody tells you otherwise, the person lied to you, the person is ignorant of scripture, amen, God does not release his grace for what he's not willing to do or what he does not like. So meaning that it is an act of the desire of God for his children to have all sufficiency. All right? Meaning to have enough to live well and to abound for every good work. And because abounding is progressive, it should be increasing. Meaning that it's God's will for you to consistently rise such that you can always give better. Hallelujah. God's plan for you is not just to give. Because if you give and you don't have, and you don't grow, you run out of supplies. You now become a person begging for, for giving next time. You understand? So if you only give, and you only give, and you don't experience grace to rise, after a while, you will run out of what to give. Now be the person that people are now contributing to give to. But we'll see from here that it's God's will for you to have enough to live well and to abound. Because it's more blessed to give than to receive. So to be on the giving side of life is God's will for you. Why is it that you lend unto nations and you will not borrow from any? You will lend unto nations and you will not borrow from any. So to be on the giving side of life is God's will for his children. Amen. So, to want this for yourself is righteousness. Let's never drag it to scripture. Alright? I want what Paul said by the Spirit. That doesn't make me carnal. The Bible that said it. Alright? So, just circle in your mind all sufficiency. We'll come back, we'll come back to that, okay? Circle in your mind always having all sufficiency. 
we'll come back to that word and do justice to the word. All right? Let's go on. Verse 9. Verse 9. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad. Look at this. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. So, he calls, you know, being able. All right? So, he calls being able to, um, to live well. And then to go beyond living well. It's, he calls having to disperse. He calls it an act of righteousness. That he has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. Is what righteousness endures forever. So, to, to grow our income, not just for ourselves alone, but to live well and to, more importantly, to be a channel is an act of righteousness. It is more blessed to be on the giving side of life than on the receiving side of life. It is more blessed. So, to not be the one willing to receive, but to be the one giving, it is more blessed. Hallelujah. Let's go on. Verse 10. Now, may he, are we together? Verse 10. Now, on the screen, may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food. Look at this. Supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness while you are uh, enriched in everything for all what liberality which causes thanksgiving through us to God. Look at this. While you are enriched in everything. So you can be liberal all the time. You can only be liberal all the time if you are enriched. Amen. Now who gets the gift? You can only give what you have. Hallelujah. So that your giving is not, you know, every time I have coin, <laughs> you gave 5K, you are crying. Yeah, I understand where you are coming from. All right? God needs us to grow. Hallelujah. He says your liberality will cause thanksgiving to God. Do you understand? I think someone, someone comes tell you, sir, I need some amount of money to pay today, otherwise I'm in trouble. And you can give that money I am not crying. Basically, thank God. Thank God. Hey, it makes me in trouble. Thank God. Your liberality will cause thanksgiving unto God. That through you, God can meet the needs of people. So, it's a righteous curse. You know, Q-U-E-S-T. To desire to rise in your station in life. So, you can be one that abounds in giving. So, that through your giving, people give Thanks. Hallelujah. That someone can say, God, I need five million urgently. And God tells him, call this, call that, call this, call that. The money is complete. What will you do? Father, I thank you. And you call them all and they come through. What happens to you? Father, I give you praise. So that through you, someone is giving thanks to God for your act of righteous giving. Hallelujah. Verse 12. For the what? 
the administration of this service, look at this, not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also is abounding through many thanksgivings to God. 13, while through the proof of this ministry, they glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ and for your liberal sharing with them and all men. Verse 14, and by their prayer for you, who long for you because of the exceeding grace of God in you. Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. Let's do NIV from verse 12. NIV from verse 12. Hallelujah. Look at this. Want to go? This service that you perform together is not only supplying the needs of the lost people, but it's also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourself, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies the confession of the gospel of Christ. And for what? And for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. Verse 14, And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given to you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. So, this grace is not, not only the grace to give, it's the grace to abound. Amen. So you can give abundantly. So the grace is, is two graces, or the grace flows in two ways. Number one, is a grace to have an abundance. It's a grace to be enriched in every way, and then to be rich in giving. Hallelujah. So the grace has two legs. One leg is the grace to abound. And the other leg is the grace to give. Meaning that if one leg is off, while I go day. Alright? If I take away the abundant leg, amen, the giving leg will crash. If I take away the giving leg, getting into, into covetousness, into love of money, that it takes this two, okay, talk about being blessed the Lord's way. Okay, talk about prosperity God's way. It stands on two legs. The leg of abounding in, in, in um, receiving, abounding in, in prosperity, and the leg of abounding in giving. It must stand on both legs. If one leg is off, there is chaos. That was still in Luke 12. Luke 12, from 13 21, the, when the guy told you know, Jesus to tell his brother to share interest with him, and Christ told him, a man's life is not, it's not about his possessions alone. See? Beware of covetousness. Not about the story of the rich man that said, you know, um, I will, my bands have overflowed with everything. You know, now I have so much. So I'll say to myself, oh God, chill, relax, okay? Build more bands, store more grains, you know, just relax and enjoy life. And what did God say? That tonight, you will give me back your life. You will now tell me who owns all the things you stored. He now said, so is it for anyone who is rich in resources but is not rich towards God. So it's not like God hates riches. Is that you should be rich towards God. That to have and have for yourself alone, okay, is enmity with God. But that in all your having, you should be rich towards God. So the problem is not the riches, the problem is in richness towards God. Now, in Luke 8, 1 to 3, spoke about people, all right, that were following Christ up and down to give to his ministry. They were up and down with him to give to his ministry. So, he's not fighting riches. Amen. Christ is not against resources. 
But it's about you have to be rich towards God. That number one, you must have God as first place in your life. And it must show in your giving to him and to people. Hallelujah. That you don't accumulate to say, ah, now I have 10 million and I have 20. No, that we accumulate to be able to give. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, all your money, just give it out. Don't save. That's not the point. The point is, be, is to be ready and willing to give. To desire to rise in life, not just to own, but to disperse. He has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. It's what righteousness endures forever. Hallelujah. So God is not otage. Amen. All right? God wants us to have, not for ordinary sake, all right, but to, be, to have capacity to live well and to freely give to those who are in need. Back to 2 Corinthians 9. Get back there again. 2 Corinthians 9. Back to verse, um, verse 8. Back to verse 8. 2 Corinthians 9. Back to verse 8. Yeah. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. That you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance. Look at that. So, circle the, the sufficiency. Alright? So, you are sufficient to live well and to abound. So, it's not just being sufficient. It's being super sufficient. So, it's not just about, about you having enough. It's about having enough and also abounding to be able to give abundantly. It is what? Super sufficiency. Now, the word sufficient there, the word there is A-U-T-A-R-K-E-I-A. A-U-T-A-R-K-E-I-A. Autarkia. Mm. It's, a, it's Strong's 841. Can you take a Strong's Concordance? It's number 841. All right? Now, this, this is the meaning of the word. Number one, self-satisfaction. Self-satisfaction. That's the one meaning. Self-satisfaction. Number two, self-sufficiency. Self-sufficiency. Self-what? Sufficiency. Independence. Self-sufficiency. Independence. All right? And that also means contentment. Are we together? It means to live in perfect condition of life in which you need no aid or support. This is the word, the meaning. It means having a perfect condition of life in which you need no aid or support. It means being, you know, in yourself sufficient in resources that you need no aid or support. So that whatever you need, you can pay for. Do you understand? Whatever you need, your hands can pay for it. Amen. All right? Needing no aid or support. Self-sufficiency, you know, independence. So, Paul was praying for them here to have financial independence. That you will not be like other churches that, that need help. You get, you will not, you will not need help. That's the prayer point. That in every, in every season, in all phases of life, in everything, you will have self-sufficiency, 
not needing aid or support from outside. Now the interesting part. This word appears only two places in the Bible. First, first Timothy 6. First Timothy 6. Hmm. Now, first, first, second Corinthians 9, first Timothy 6 can be anti each other. Amen now. Second Corinthians 9, because Paul wrote both by the Spirit. So it means they, they cannot be against each other. They have to either be complementary or to explain each other, okay? But they cannot be against each other, okay? They, they either say the same thing or they complement each other. They can't be saying opposite things. Amen. Because number one, the Bible is written by the Holy Spirit and does not, does not connect each other. Number two, the same Paul, by the Spirit wrote both of them. So they have to agree. Number three, this word here, this is the word in 1 Timothy 6, and I'll show us where it is, okay? The same word is used, used only twice, in the Bible, cannot be anti. It doesn't make any sense. So they must agree, they must align, they must be complementary. Makes sense, right? Makes sense. First Timothy six. First Timothy six. I will still hear. We have gone home. All right. First Timothy six. Let's start from verse 1. Let's, it's a quick read, so we're going to do everything. Okay? One to go. Let as many born servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor, so that the name of God and his doctrine may not be blasphemed. Verse 2. And those who have believing masters, let them not despise them because they are brethren, but rather serve them because those who are benefited are believers and beloved. Teach and exhort these things. Let's do NIV. And I want to show something in NIV. We'll come back to this again. But NIV, NIV again. Verse 1. Amen. All who are under the yoke of slavery, employment, okay, should consider their masters worthy of full respect so that God's name and our teaching may not be slandered. Verse 2. Those who are believing masters should not show them disrespect, not because they are fellow believers. Instead, it will serve them even better because their masters are dear to them as fellow believers and are devoted to the welfare of their slaves. These are the things you are to teach on insist. So he began his verse by talking about ethical employment. That believers will serve in their domains where you are serving, serve well there. And also that, okay, even you as the believing master should serve your employees well. So he started by ethics of marketplace. So Paul taught marketplace ethics. Okay? Started by talking about marketplace ethics. Now let's continue. Okay? So we'll see that they follow through of what began here. Alright? Verse 3. Verse 3. Verse 3. Okay? Look at this. If anyone teaches otherwise and does not agree to the sound instruction of Lord Jesus Christ and to godly teaching, verse 4, they are conceited and understand nothing. They have an unhealthy interest in controversies and quarrels about words that result in envy, strife, malicious talk, evil suspicions, and a constant friction between people of corrupt mind who have been robbed of the truth and who think that godliness is a means of financial gain. Verse 6, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Let's pause here first. Let's pause here. So Paul speaks first 
saying that anyone that teaches otherwise is conceited, understands nothing, you know, people of corrupted mind, kinikon, kinikon. So Paul describes first people that teach what is not godly. People that teach slaves not to obey their masters. Or what masters just do anyhow. You know, people that, that teach, that teach, you know, what people want to hear for money, for money sakes. If I teach, I want to, if I teach anyhow and you like it, you will, you will, you will give money. Amen. People in it for the money. Amen. People that see this, that see this godly thing as a means of money making. So, the problem is not the gain. The problem is that people, people assume, you know, off church roles for the, for the sake of money. So, people probably unsaved, uncalled, okay, and fit into, in, into, the, into the brotherhood, okay, for the purpose of money. So, the problem here is not the gain. You know why? It says next, but godliness with contentment is great gain. So, the problem is not gain. Back to verse 5. Back to verse 5. Now, when you look at the NKJV, NKJV says, godliness, they think that godliness, you now put it in, in italics, a means to financial gain. So, the means to financial is in italics. Okay, so, godliness is gain. Okay, so, the word gain there, please follow me, follow me closely, okay? The word gain in verse 5 and in verse 6 is the same Greek word. All right? Now, in verse 6, they didn't put means to. In verse 5, they put a means to. Okay? But Paul put it to make us understand it better. All right? So, this, this idea of trying to communicate that these guys are in godliness just for gain's sake. Okay? To them, godliness is just about gain. When you, when you read verse 5, verse 4, verse 3, they're not godly. Because they're men of a corrupt mind. So they're not even godly at all. Okay? They only form it for gain's sake. So his issue was not gain. But people's, you know, pretense, hypocrisy, teaching false doctrine to make more money from people. Okay? People's motives. People putting money before God. And they will teach anything, say anything, do anything for money's sake. Okay? Verse 6 now says, but godliness. Verse 6. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Now, guess what? The word contentment here is the same autarkia of 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8. So, this one appears only twice in the Bible. Here, 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8. All right? So the word actually means self-sufficiency. So he was telling them that godliness with self-sufficiency is great gain. That's not needing to distort scripture. Not needing to, to, um, to steal, to lie, to make gain. It says it's good. That's the idea. He's saying that, you know, that you can be godly and have self-sufficiency. Do you understand? So he's telling them that, okay, this is the idea, that it's about where you put money. It's, it's gain before, before being godly or afterwards. He's saying that, are you one that will do anything for gain's sake? So he was not saying, don't, don't want profit. That would be totally meant. 
That's not his point. His point was the place that money would take in your life. No, for 2 Corinthians 9, 8, that God wants us to have all sufficiency. Amen. So, but God's plan for us is that, you know, in this, in this, um, in this pursuit to have sufficiency, we stay within the bounds of godliness. Yeah, that's the idea. We stay within the bounds of godliness. That I will not do past godly means to, uh, to end more. I won't cut corners. I won't abandon church and family. I will stay between godly values to end more. Let's go on. Let's go on. Verse, you know again, 2 Corinthians 9 and 1 Timothy 6 can be contradictory. They can't be contradictory. They cannot be. Because the Bible is not contradictory of each other. All right? Of, of each verse. Okay. For we what? Brought nothing to the world and we can take nothing out of it. Verse 8, look at this. Too. But if we have food and clothing, we'll be content with that. Now, the, the, word, the Greek word for food, I can't remember the exact, the exact Greek word, but it means being adequately provided for, being, being adequately provided for, being adequately provided for. It's not just if you have food and clothing. It's not just food and clothing. The word there is adequate provision, adequate provision. Do you understand? It's not just, you know, um, eat sir, and don't die. No. Because Paul taught in, in Ephesians 4.28, let him that still steal no more, more let him walk that he may have enough to live well and to give the needy. So Paul can be teaching that, just eat child, that's, okay, that's not for you. No, Paul taught consistently to have enough to live well and to give. So he's not just talking about, you know, if we have, you know, tente, you know, just have small. No, 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 Paul taught consistently, okay, having enough to live well and to give. Let him that steal, steal no more. Let him work. Let him have enough to give out. So, it's to have adequate, adequate provision so that you can live well and you can give out. Having what? Adequate provision. So, the idea is this. That we don't merely live just to amass. That's his point. We don't just, just to amass, amass, okay? But yes, we have enough to live well, but we are all about the dispensing. Amen. Do we get that? Let's go on. Uh-huh. Want to go? Those who want to get rich fall into a temptation and a trap into many foolish and foolish desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. Verse 10. For the love, let, let's backtrack. Verse 10. For money is the. Your monger, did, you say, did you say money is the problem? What's the problem? For the what? The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. So the problem is not the money. Is the love of money and what it can make people do. Is why if you don't learn to disperse, to give, you fall into this trap. Amen. The cure for greed is to give it out. The cure for greed is to be able to give it out. Is why your tithe is important. Your tithe, that first ten, just that ten first, just one of our ten first go first. Eh? It's important for your heart. You understand? It's, it's important training for you. It's important training for your heart. Your tight. Amen. It's your grade one giving. It's nursery school of giving. Amen. It's what? Nursery school of giving. If you are there, it's fine. But grow. But at least be there first. Amen. Then grow from there. 
the love of money. You know, the idea of this is that people, people that will do anything just to get more money, they have an, you know, an, an unhealthy desire for riches. There's a healthy one and there's an unhealthy one. Amen. There's a healthy one to, to want to live well and to give out. There's one of, I need to, I must share, I don't care what, I must make more money. And our day in Nigeria, there are many songs like there are many songs like that. Amen. So I was thinking, I remember one song I used to, I used to like, but not, not sing it, but liked. My personality no matter at all. My personality does not matter at all. Meaning, it doesn't matter what I do. Yeah. And nowadays, there are many more like that. Many. Many, many. So the problem is not the money. The problem is in that people have let love of money take root of their so that they will do anything to get ahead. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Verse 11. But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Verse 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life to which we are called when you made the confession in the presence of many witnesses. Verse 13. In the sight of God, continue. Yeah. And of Christ Jesus, continue. Verse 14, to keep this command without spot or blame unto the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 15. Ooh, yeah. The blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Verse 16. Yep. To him be honor and mind forever. Amen. Verse 17. <laughs> Look at this. Want to go, command those who are rich, this present world, to stop being rich. Amen. To stop being rich, the money is bad. You can't throw it away. But to what? To not be arrogant, not to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, which richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. So he says that those who are rich, he says, don't, don't, don't let money you know, swell your pride. Amen. But you know, to put that hope in God that what provides us with everything for our enjoyment. That also richly provides. So the problem is not the riches. It is the why and the source of the riches. Blessing of God makes us make it rich and has no sorrow. Alright? Verse 18. Command them, look at this, to, to do good and to be rich in good deeds and to be what? Generous and willing to share. That's the idea. That we own more, not to add more, but to give more. Verse 19. In this, they what? Lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. He says before that some, through love of money, have lost their faith. 
But he says us, okay, by having more and giving more, our grasp of eternal life is steady. Hallelujah. That if I, I don't live to odd, okay, I won't lose my grasp of eternal life. That's the point. That, but when you live to re receive more, while I'm actually, that's the point. Okay? So the problem is not the riches, it's in the reasons why, the motive, the motive, the source. And what you do with the wealth. Verse 20. Is that all? Okay, that's fine. All right? Amen. So, even though we are not in Christ for money's sake, amen, but there is gain in Christ. Second Corinthians 9, it says, and God is able to bless us abundantly so that we, at all times and in all seasons, we have enough to live well and to abound in every good work. There is gain in Christ. So, there is gain in godliness. Christ told them, you know, seek the kingdom of God and all these things will be what added to you. Again, there is gain in godliness. Philippians 4, 19. And my God shall supply all your needs according to the riches in glory. There is gain in godliness. The scripture, that there is gain in godliness. The blessing makes rich and has no sorrow. There is gain in godliness. Hallelujah. There is gain in godliness. So, what do you need more money for? How far will you go to get it? That's the question you ask yourself. Are you rich towards God? Where is your heart? Will you give to help others and to fund the gospel propagation? Amen. You should not feel guilty. Please follow me. You should not feel bad wanting more money to live better. It says you being enriched at all times. So you cannot, you cannot, you know, you should not feel guilty or sinful for wanting more to live better. No. Amen. Hallelujah. So it's okay to want more to live better. It's okay to want more to live better. A better house. Better food. Look better. Fix your face. Pay for the cream. Hallelujah. Drive, drive a better car. You don't feel bad about it, okay? But the idea is that you must also be at the same time willing to share. Willing to share. Hallelujah. Willing to share and being willing to stay contented with what godly values can bring. That's the idea. Um, yeah, you must be contented with what godly values can bring. That yes, I work harder for more, but I will not leave the boundaries of godly values. Amen. All right. So, 
the will of God for you is self-sufficiency through godly means. Through godly means. In 2 Thessalonians 3, Paul told them, the one who will not walk should not eat. That everybody should go about and walk. Everybody should go and walk. Why? To increase their earning. That's, it's simple. Everybody should go and increase their earning. So Paul taught us to increase our earning. Amen. Increase your earning. Why? So you can live well and not be begging. So, so, so you can live well and be a giver. So you go from being the one that needs to the one that gives. Amen. You must desire to go from the one that needs to the one that gives. Tell me 15, 7 to 11. Tell me 15, 7 to 11. Tell me 15 from verse 7. Look at this. Want to go? If anyone is poor among your fellow Israelites, in any of the towns of land your God, land your God has given you, yeah, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted toward them. Verse 8, rather be open-handed and freely lend them whatever they need. Verse 9, be careful not to abhor this wicked thought. The seventh year, the year of counseling debt is near, <laughs> so that you do not show ill will toward the needy among your fellow Israelites and give them nothing. They may then appeal to the Lord against you and you'll be found guilty of sin. So that's the rule. Every seven years, you cancel debt. If you came one month to seventh year, nobody borrow anything because you know that by seventh year is year of death cancellation. So everybody just when you are just nearing that point, who just starting like this? Ah, I mean no more work can you know? <laughs> yeah. You know me too. I'm looking for money, you know. He says, don't be like that. That if you odd from the poor. And they cry to God, God not owe you, not owe you guiltless. Giving ethics for, 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 for living wealthy. Ethics that we live to give. Willing to share. But you must have to give. You must have to give. He's saying don't be among the poor. But be among the rich. Eh? But give in your riches. That's the idea. It is more blessed to give than to receive. You must walk your way to the giving part of life. You must walk your way to the giving part of life. You must desire that cross, that crossover, that forever and ever I've left this side, I'm now on this side. It means building systems that will constantly bring you money, investments, things that will consistently bring resources. Do you understand? It's deliberate work, calculation. I will do this, I will do that. This hour will cross from this to this. This hour will become self-sufficient. It's not, it's not random. It doesn't fall on you. Grace works with work. So I must find what I must do that will make that grace take me from being needy or being just okay to being super sufficient. Investment, education, stocks, business. You must have a plan for it. It's not prayer alone. It's not just prayer. I will pray. You prayed last year. This year, it's more than praying. Okay? You will pray and you work it out. You must work it out. The skill you must learn, job you must get, you must work it out. 
<laughs> Amen. God is able to make all grace abound towards you. So that you always having will be able to abound for every good work. You must want that verse to work in your life. You must walk that verse. You must, these things don't just happen, don't follow it. You will walk that verse. You will walk that verse. God, you said, so I'm I, I going to do it. Let's go back there. Thank you, Silas. Brilliant. But let's go back. To, ah, look at this. Let's go. In everything I did, look at this. I showed you that by this kind of hard work, ha, by this kind of hard work, it's not random. Paul says, I worked hard. We must work hard. We must help the weak. So we must work hard to live being the, be, being the weak. To be those helping the weak. He says, remembering the words of the word of Jesus Christ himself, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So your goal is to cross to the giving path. Let's go back to the time where we were. Yes. Verse 10. Verse 10. Look at this. Give generously. Screen, guys. To them and do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything that you put your hand to. Verse 11. There will always be poor people in the land, but don't be them. Amen. It makes sense. Verse 10 says, if you give clinical, clinical, I will bless you. Work of your answer. You always have. So it means that you cannot be part of the poor. There will be there, but it's not you. It should not be you. So there are some that by virtue of, of best position, best circumstances, can start little. And we all can rise from little. So quickly walk your way out of being the poor in the land. You can start like that. It happens. But you have to work your way out of being the poor in the land. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Paul says everybody should go and walk. Go and do something. Go and do something. That's the idea. You must, because you have to start with something. God will only bless the work of your hand. So you must have a work that you can bless. You must be a channel that you can put blessing on. You must be, you go, go, to the, go and dig, go and dig, go and dig, dig, um, dig wells. You must be a well you can put the blessing on. If you need to sell a car, sell it. Sell more money. Just do something, my guy. Just do something. Do something. It's one wash car. Do something. Start from somewhere. You must start from somewhere. All right? Therefore, I command you, you now, we that have, to be open handed to the first light who are poor and needy in your land. But God pours his blessing upon work. Hallelujah. So there's a work we must walk to go from have-nots to the haves. Are we still together? Psalm 28. Ah, I don't want to go there. It speaks of Psalm 18. says, the Lord gives you power to create wealth. Power to create wealth. You must use that power to do something. No, I pray as believers, we've been taught wrong. We've been taught wrong. Taught to have to be driveless, ambitionless, and we take it to faith. 
God says, I gave you power to create wealth. Oh, create wealth. We know you do. We're not even trying. That's the point. We're not trying. We're not trying. If we see it as a mandate, we will do it. I must see it as a God-given mandate to create wealth. So, if there be a need in church or the needy, I'm first to go there. This is why I, this is why I made the money first. This is, why, this, is why, this is why I have the mandate. Amen. When I know this is why I made the money in the first place. When I have to get money, I'm happy. This is why I made it. So, I heard about some earlier church history. How they built industry in the West. You know, how they told themselves, okay, we can give people money to eat, but it, it cannot go that far. So they now change from giving people money to eat to giving to investing people's, people's businesses. They tell you, what, what are you doing? What can you do? You can make shoes. Okay, I'll give some amount of dollars or whatever it is. Okay, you make more shoes, make money for yourself, but also give me returns so I can, I can help other people. Do you understand? So it's not just about it's not giving people money to eat, it's not working. Because the, the more people we get, the more people are poor. Just eating them, just they're not dying. You know, now it is just give us welfare, welfare. They're not working, but they're just they eat, living on our own resources. Say so, so I'll give people money to eat. So then what can you do? You can wash, you can, you can make shoes. Awesome. Make shoes. Make 50. I'll give some amount of money. Okay. Give me back my return so I can help other people. So that everybody can go from half not to half. So that you can also become, begin to help other people as you go ahead also. You understand? So we make money to be VCs, investors. The young smart man, you know, smart is smart, is, 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 is tech savvy, but he has no means. We give him the means. He has gifts, but no resources. We bring the resources to the gifts. We both get richer for it. He's happy, I'm happy. He's a righteous mandate. See a young boy in church, but I cannot pay school fees. Ah, that the offer. Can you go? Which case is going to? We'll pay it. Righteous mandates. Go to Saleko. Just pick some 50 children. Do you hear my point here? Righteous mandates. The church can say, okay, this year we are having 50 people on our foundation clinic of education. So, righteous mandates. But it's not for people without means. Do you understand? So, we must see righteous mandates to, to have to dispense. Because you know why you you are smart, so you must use that brain to solve problems to help people. That's the idea. You are too smart to be broke. You must be angry that I should not be. Like God has helped me now. Tell yourself God has helped you. Ah, uh-uh, I can read. I can learn fast. I can do. That, I can do that. No, I should not be part of the needy. I should use this brain to earn and get to put on the other side of life. That I will use all God has given me. I will use all He has given me. I will use all that's given him within godly values to give back to people. Do you understand? Someone said, my, my, my father needs help. He's, he's, he's sick. Ah! Oh yeah! It's why we have the money. Amen. Let's call your guys. Guy Alpha. Guy Alpha. Guy Alpha. Guy Alpha. One, one person deal with my guy. He needs some amount of money. Ah, we go to him now. You bring one. Bring two. Bring three. Million, million, million. It's complete. Everybody say, ah, thank you, Father. Thank you. Hey, that's how you should go. You are too smart to be broke and to stay broke. You are too blessed to stay broke. Amen. You are too blessed to be, to be happy with being just okay. 
there must be a practical plan to rise. Psalm 20 says again, the Lord will bless the works of your hands. If God bless the work of your hands, what will happen to it? You will earn more. That's the idea. So it means that I must have at the back of my mind a desire to earn more and to progress financially. It says there also, you will give unto nations. You will not borrow. Again, you will be on the giving path of life. Hallelujah. Sports efficiency, the product of sports productivity. What? Sports efficiency, the product of super productivity. Sports efficiency, the product of super productivity. <sighs> it's not just, you know, uh, I, I want this word in English. It's not only, you know, please help me, Yoruba people. It's not. Help me. So it's, it's, kind of, it's, not, it's not just sit down and pray in your house. It's, kind of, it's not just pray prosperity. Just now me pray, Lord, prosper me. Prosper me. You will be there. Then let me prosper. We don't have money. Okay? <laughs> you must turn that prayer to steps to take what you must do. Bless going out. Bless coming in. That God, that God is going to work. Amen. Bless going out to work. It's not just, ah, I'm blessed. I'm straight out of the house. Uh, okay, okay, that going out, you are blessed going out. It's to go and work. So you are blessed coming in. Amen. You go out, work the blessing at work, and come back home with the blessing. You know my point here? It's practical. It means super productive. Super productive. All right? Work. Value creation. Work. Create value. Solve problems. Monetize it. Commercialize your gifts. Bible says the foolish man does not roast what gets nothing. Does not roast what he gets nothing. The foolish man, Proverbs, does not roast what he gets nothing. What 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 to roast it to bring that maximum value, maximum value. So you know you can sell. If, if, you, if you, for example, you buy, um, you get a, a full goat, you know, and sell in your area because you're a farmer, okay? And you sell it 50K, right? Just the goat, you, you didn't roast it. So someone else will roast that thing and make from it 100K. Say the foolish man does not squeeze that value from what he gets. Do you understand? You must learn to see how can I squeeze out maximum value from my talents? How can I squeeze out more from this? Commercialize it, monetize it. David told them, what are you giving to the man that kills this Philistine? David asked for charge to kill Goliath. He asked, what would they give me? Amen. Fighting for God, asking them. He said he was fighting for God, but he asked, what would they give this man? Amen. Monetize it. Monetize it. Monetize it. God gives you skill. You can write. You can, you, 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 can, you can design. You can draw. You can tell stories for days. You can talk for days. Man, find out how to squeeze that value from it. That's work. Work is creating from nothing or from, or from raw materials. So how can I create from my raw talents? I can talk for today. I can talk an entire day. I'm tired. That, that right there is money. 
how can I make money from talking? So I can this camera all day and be okay with it. Ah, that's money right there. Value right there. Value right there. Father Jotoy, when he was younger and in school, he used to flog for, used to flog for talking. Yeah, he talks too much. So the child tell him, Oro, Oro, Lomakpae. Oro. That's flogging him. Oro, 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 Lomakpae. Now that guy's mouth is what he lives on today. Someone saw a problem, he saw a talent. He went from just talking to talking meaning. Talking meaning. People are paid to talk. People are paid plenty of dollars to talk. Let's even look, look closer. Let's, this, this girl on Nigeria. She's an MC everywhere. Only her, every event. Not only I'm there, only her, every, I'm sure this is like this. She has blown. Then I just go, just go on break for January. I just want to sleep on it for January. Every event, NSC, First Bank, that bank, this one, that company, only her. Why? Already you know any man. Once talkative, she saw a talent. And people say, God, I have, I have no skill. God, like, really, you don't have any skill? You've not checked. You've not checked. You've not checked. You have not checked. You are lazy. You've not checked. People think being lazy is, 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 not, is not just, it's not, it's not hard work. If you, are, if you are lazy in your mind, that's laziness. If you cannot think, you can create, you can invent. You, that's the real laziness. The lazy man does not roast what he gets in hunting. He went hunting. I thought he went to hunt. But he didn't roast it, he's lazy. Even though he sweated from, from, from hunting, but he did not roast. Squeeze out value. Squeeze out value. The righteous act to squeeze out value from your talents. You cannot pray for money. It does not work. It only gives you wisdom, ideas that it will work that will bring the money. Now you can pray for urgent provision, urgent to God can give urgent to Bamaku, quickly, quickly pay this bill. Quickly pay that bill. But you cannot rise in life on praying for money. You can't go from half not to half by praying for money. That prayer must turn to ideas, solution. Wisdom that will work. Look what he Work is the cure for lack. So, the better you can work smartly, creatively, with God's grace, the better you can have. You must like work. Do you understand? You must like work. You must love work. Tricky Friday, or go and walk, go and walk. You know? Thank God it's Friday. Every day is a work day. If I rest, I'm resting to work better. If I'm resting, I'm resting, I can work better. So everything is, I'm resting to work. Amen. So the rest is going to work. You get my point here? So I rest well to work well. I sleep well to work well. I chill well to work well. But at the end of it all, is to work well. We are on the earth for work. God made man. God, God made man after making the work he must do. We are yet to walk. Christ says, I must walk to walk while he said day. For night comes 
when no man can walk. So Christ was on the earth for walk. Amen. He came to work. We came to work. If Africa will rise, we must arrest some people, sing some songs, we must arrest them. Go and them somewhere. Prison. Go and lock him somewhere first. Children, children, Yahoo, Kiniko, Kiniko, you should lock him up. Lock him somewhere. Your mates are events all over the world. You are singing consumption. Consumption. Even to make bob, we are importing bob. Import biscuits. Import bonvita. <laughs> I think we make that here, thank God. I think we have, we have Nestle and Co here. But we import too much because we are lazy. We import too much. We import too much. We import too much. People, people even fly down ice cream. <laughs> people fly down ice cream. People import ice cream in Nigeria. We import everything. Why? The lazy man does not roast what he gets in nothing. So we dig out good oil. We import, import fuel. Others have less resources. They do more thinking. More thinking. More refining. What does UK have? Tell me. What does, what does UK have in terms of natural resources? What do they have? What do they have? Check. What do they have? They don't have much like that. What do they have? Environment that aids creativity. Never mind to make you, we walk. Go to UK, you will walk. Everything is monetized, everything to make you walk. If you don't walk, it's designed to make you walk. It's designed to make you walk. Even the tax, you know, <laughs> even the tax, everything is designed so you go and walk. Do you understand? You must create value. You must create value. You must create value. The blessing works through work. Abraham walked. Abraham walked. We, knew his, we know his work. He was a farmer. Livestock. Abraham walked. And God blessed his work. Isaac walked. But Isaac told God at one point, in order to go to Genesis 26, that I go Egypt too. I must make more profit. God told him, no, stay here. Again, he was not just there saying, ah, this year, Sha. He was asking God, how we go do this year? There has to be a plan to get ahead. The block is well, he dug a new one. Block another well, he dug a new one. He kept on digging. He kept on digging. Why? We must walk. He didn't say I'm a blessed man. I just call water. Come down. No. He knows the blessing works through work. And in so doing, he became rich and so rich, everybody envied him through work. What about Jacob? Jacob fled to his father, to his brother, to his uncle. Fled there, meaning he didn't go there with much. He went there and was given given an employment. They gave follow me closely. They gave him an employment. All he had was an employment. But later on, he told his, told his father-in-law that before I came here, you had little, but by my work and my grace, your little has become much. Do you see that? So it's not just audio grace that see Oga, the grace. And my work ethic. What you gave me to start was little. I've made your little much. Now, can I be going? So, the blessed man 
must know how to turn little into much. That is the proof of the blessing. That all you need is what you have now to start with. That's the idea. That all you need now to start with is what you have now to start with. I must take that little and multiply it. It is ours to show I have the grace. It's not, it's not just talking. Talk. You must see the grace by the fruits of the grace. Laban said, I've got by divination that I'm blessed because of you. So, two things there. There's the hard work and the grace at work. But the grace will work through work. So, you can start from where you are, but it must grow. So, first things first. Jacob had a clear skill. Clear skill, livestock. First things first, there must be a skill. A clear skill that you must master by grace. Do you understand? You must master a skill by grace. You must master it. There will be something that you are so good at. So good no one can ignore you. You must see it as an act of righteousness to invest in growing your skill. Meaning that if all I do is pray and pray and pray, I don't grow my skill, I'm not acting righteously. No, I'm not acting righteously. I'm not. And I prayed all day. I prayed all year. I like that you prayed. Show me, the, show me what the prayer did. Show me what the prayer did. Show me the fruit of the prayer. Show me the grace at work. What did the grace produce? Jacob showed what the grace produced. What is your grace producing? He bad, he bad, he bad. At least if you not give value, did you raise the dead? Did the dead rise? How many sick people, how many sick people were this year? How many people were saved? If you can't show me nothing, go back and walk. You did not do anything. If you can't show me the fruit of the prayer, you did not pray. Okay, all you did is pray. You're not, you're not called to, to do anything. I like that. What did your prayer achieve? What did you achieve? What did you grow? What did you decide? Give my point here. There must be fruits. So, a clear skill. What are you going to be the best at? Now, I didn't say skills. Because at the beginning, you need focus. Oh, my God. At the beginning, you need clear focus. Not two things. Not three. One. One. One that you hit at every day. You are too poor to have multiple skills that you are chasing at. Not for poor people. Not for poor people. You can't even eat. You, have, you are chasing 10 skills. There must be one skill that you will sleep, eat, think, doing. You will sleep, it, think, it, eat it. Clarity of purpose. The first leg is a skill. Second leg is unemployment. When you are that broke, go and get a job. Don't do don't, don't entrepreneurship because you, you use money to eat. To not grow. Amen now. You use entrepreneurship, you have a journey. Amen. You use customer money to eat. How find you have a journey. You do not work. Do you understand? You are broke. You cannot feed. They give 50 for a job. You eat the money. I'm saying sorry. That happens in Lagos very well. Give your initial too much money. The money is gone. I'm telling you, ah, sorry, my mommy died. My kidney, kidney, my grandfather is fairly, fairly to koto. You know, all sorts of things that people say. That happens every day in Lagos. Okay? The first leg is go and get a job. 
Then in that job, show your grace. That's, that's what Jacob did. Jacob got a job in which he showed his grace. You hear my point here? So in that job, he rose because in the job, he could show his grace. So go and get a job. They can have your side also. Okay? But that job is important capital. And it's where he begins to show the grace. You're going to say, okay, I've shown you that I'm a, I'm, 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 I can do this thing. Now let me go and do my own. He proved his grace first than another man's work. Do you understand? He didn't, he didn't try and error with, with, with his own money. Amen. So that's his job. So he proved his skill than another man's job first. So he now said, let me go and do my own. He had shown that his grace worked. So he didn't try and error. Okay? He had shown that I, be, I can do it. For he now went to do his own. A skill that you must master. Must focus on. Number two, a job. And then you go into, into all your own stuff. Investment, stocks, savings. You know, as you rise, you can save. As you rise, you can invest. As you rise, you can plan to have your own business. But the easiest part, though, the easiest part, the easiest part is a skill. A job. Your job is your number one capital to rise in life. Number one capital. Yes, can I get a job? Can I get a job to your business? But don't just sit and say, you know, go and try. Try as much as possible. Try. Try. Job. Your first job. Your second job is a major enabler. A skill and a job. They begin to rise. Savings, investment, stocks, entrepreneurship. All right? But go and put your skill to work somewhere else first. Me and the entrepreneur is, in quotes, sexy. Forgive me that word. But in real life, skills you need there is not beans. It's, it's a skill you learn in work somebody else. Discipline. Keeping to time. Reporting. Amen. You know, those things that you learn somebody's work that will help in your own thing. So go and learn the skill first. You that, you, you, even we say you, you take, give any task, and you say, machine at 12 o'clock, oh, that's for you cannot, be, you cannot be in business. You cannot be in business. It's for seriously disciplined people. And you learn that discipline first, somebody's work. When you know that if you don't work, salary has gone, you will work. Or when you know that they'll call you, your empty will call you, you will work. So you learn those skills in someone's employment. No one trying to learn your life. Learn those skills in someone's employment. Put the grace to work. We hope you were blessed by that sermon. Chance to grow and global impact. Feel free to contact us via our social media platform at This Green Church and do join us every Sunday by 9am and Wednesday by 6pm to be a part of our family. Remember, you are that Savior, you are light and life to your world.